Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez, and welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. So glad to have you back. Today, I have the privilege of hosting somebody that you know well. <laughs> He's been on the podcast with us, and he is a tremendous individual. His name is Mark Watson. He is the CEO and uh, executive director at ABI Wellness. His background as an educator and an athlete positions him to appreciate and explore the brain's ability to charge and recover after brain injury. That's his focus. And if you've not listened to his episode, it's, it's on improving cognition as a method to improve outcomes in brain injury. Gosh, you're going to love it. I've never met somebody so dedicated to this realm that really we don't have a lot of metrics around and he's focused on getting research on. So I'm going to stop there. And first of all, welcome you back, Mark. I'm so glad to see you and be with you here. Hey, you too, Saul. It's always good to reconnect with an old friend around, you know, outcomes, which we're both, you know, ultra inspired around. So thanks. For, thanks again for having me. Absolutely. So folks, Mark is in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, just, I mean, from there, making such a huge impact, not only in the Canadian medical space, but also in the US medical space, specifically around improving cognition, doing things like using virtual care, specific standards around a lot of programs that they've developed, which one of them he's going to talk about here. So today it's going to be about the work that Mark is doing to empower others to deliver this great work. So Mark, why don't you level set with the people that haven't heard the initial podcast? Tell us what yeah. you do and why it's different and who needs to be involved. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure, Saul. And, and thanks again. You're really good at what you do. And I really appreciate your level of inquiry. Pretty awesome. And that's why I enjoy, again, speaking with you and your audience. You know, what ABI Wellness has done is really taken a keen interest in better understanding how to help people that are having cognitive challenges following you know, insult, injury, or illness. We're even talking a little bit around, you know, even illness and brain cancers earlier. When we look at the, the landscape of care, you know, in inpatient, there's really good work. And even into community rehab and outpatient, there's also, I think, overall, quite remarkable care here in North America. But where it tends to require maybe a little bit more standardization and, and systems-based approach is when we discharge into community, you know, that can be quite a steep kind of cliff to come off of. And what we've, what we found was by implementing a lot of what works so well in inpatient around systems and interdisciplinary care, applying that logic, that systems knowledge into the outpatient care with a focused on neuroplastic cognitive intervention. Yeah. You know, Mark, the way that you've done it is, is unique and you know, you, you covered during our last time together, the bears method. Can you, mm -hmm. can you level set with the listeners on the bears method? Because I think that's the core and that's what you're working to scale. A hundred percent. So the bears uh, you know, system is the brain enhance and recovery system. So what it is, is it really is a platform that enables providers, enables organizations, whether it's hospital systems, private physio or chiropractic clinics or not-for-profits to really license this technology, bring it to their organizations so they can further standardize, optimize, and extend their care and improve the outcomes of the patients and clients that they serve. So it's really not about ABI. ABI has really helped to develop a system that empowers the clinicians to extend their care and standard further standardize their care. You know, that's fantastic. And nobody has more 
of a personal story than, than you when it comes to why you started this business. I remember, you know, you sharing with us, I think you had a learning disability and yeah. early in grade one, you became Still a do. teacher, right? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. And then after that, you got brain cancer. It was actually a, a blood cancer. Blood uh, cancer. But we were, yeah. Um, and I've had multiple concussions as well. So I've, I've had some setbacks, like many of us, like all of us. Yeah. And, and that helps to inspire, you know, me to serve. I've always been inspired by, by you, Mark, and you're just, you take the bull by the horns. You don't take BS. <laughs> <laughs> try not to, I try not to. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things I think would be really great to do today would be to, to really help the folks listening, understand who can benefit from this training, the bears training, the innovative, you know, cognition and brain recovery training that you do, where do they work? How is this being applied? Where is it being applied? Can you give context to all of this? Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Saul. and I think it's something that we often struggle to explain. You know, I do think it's one of one of my weaker points because I'm so passionate about the research and the outcome, but really who it works for. It's actually a platform that's being designed to help like even private physiotherapy or concussion clinics that specialize in helping with vestibular rehabilitation. You know, one of the clinics we work with, the owner of the clinic is a specialized physical therapist that really works in manual therapy. But what she found after putting many of her patients through their protocols and improving gait and balance and motor performance and even ocular motor, many have persisting cognitive issues. And that frustrated her because she was saying these cognitive issues are going to continue to impair the quality of life and the capacities of that individual. So when she actually saw one of our webinars, she contacted me and said, how do I get involved? Yeah. So what happened, we, we met over a cup of coffee. Fortunately, she was local here and we sat down and said, okay, here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. And she said, well, cognition has been something I've always struggled with treating. And then she came in, she licensed our platform. We trained her and she's been successfully delivering it, you know, for years now, not for profits. You know, I've met with boards that run not for profits. And really when we think about community engagement and helping, you know, many mandates of quality of life is to improve, improve quality of life. Well, you can do that through education and many not-for-profits thankfully provide education, but also service, whether it's meals or residential services for that, that population. And I think that's a beautiful thing when we think about Maslow's hierarchy, but what about going up that next step to try to at least provide the option? And I'm just saying that very clearly, just the option to engage in cognitive programs that can actually improve some of those underlying cognitive capacities that stand in the way of engaging more fully in activities of daily living. And then there's hospital systems that use this. So, you know, neuropsychologists can use this as a part of their practice because oftentimes a neuropsychologist is very good at assessing cognitive issues. However, a trained neuropsychologist can know rather quickly before going through the battery based on going through the patient history, if they're going to likely be experiencing some of these higher order cognitive difficulties. But the question I have for them then is what do you then do about it? Right. And a lot of the standard of care is rooted in compensatory strategies which are really useful. But what our team challenges is why not exhaust the neuroplastic potential of the brain prior to surrendering to the compensatory strategies that we can all utilize and benefit from. Yeah. Mark, I appreciate that. Thank you. So what are some examples of some of these cognitive impairments? You know, can you give us some, some examples of what they are? You know, not everybody is in this field. Um, so it'd be good to understand that. Yeah. For people that are listening, you know, again, 
we talk about this training and it's coming up relatively quickly. And I've been so fortunate, Saul. It's not me, not me alone. I got a wonderful team with me. They're amazing people, you know, from people who work in kind of partnerships and growth to marketing, to neuroscience, to everything else in between. But, you know, we see people initially people that had complex, mild traumatic brain injuries or E chronic concussion with symptoms. Mm -hmm. And the standard of care when we started Saul was once you've got a 24 month window to recover. And I got, I was fortunate to meet with some amazing researchers and said, why is that the case? (laughs) And it's kind of like, well, we want to be safe. We want to make sure there's, you know, not a false sense of hope. And we want to make sure everything else is kind of, you know, settled down because, you know, the brain is constantly working to repair itself, which is the beautiful thing about our brain. But what we found was that oftentimes the strategies that were used in cognitive rehab were siloed in nature, which was problematic for the individual, but also for the clinician. And I'm really thinking about the clinician. It's hard for them. If I have to run six different assessments in order to get to the care, I've already utilized a lot of resourcing for that patient. So people that have, you know, this brain fog or cognitive fatigue due to concussion, perfect for this sort of a program. People that might have suffered stroke and are suffering with things like aphasia, fluid reasoning, which is kind of our ability to think on our feet that we all kind of need to live more independently and make decisions more in real time. People that are, you know, struggling to complete tasks in activities of daily living, that is good, whether it's, you know, moderate to severe TBI or post-stroke, but even people who might have brain fog related to illness, which is really timely in today's times, you know, we've been talking about that for years, though, you know, so looking at that population is another population, and also people looking to enhance through sport enhancement. That's something that's not often trained is cognition, we do a lot with physical performance. And we've got that metaphor, you know, train the muscle to improve the performance on the field. I think the same could be true in cognition as well. And it's not often done. Wow, some great examples there, Mark, and truly appreciate you walking us through those. There's research that shows improvement and you're, you're deep into this, right? So, Mm -hmm. so talk to us a little bit about that. And honestly, the goal, if you're listening to this, the goal of us sharing this with you is for you to give it a shot because right, Mark, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about what the standard of care is really. And, you know, we go back, you know, Saul and I, you talk about that, you know, different examples of how advancement happens and it inspires me every time. It gives me goosebumps right here thinking about it. When you think about, you know, some cancer care, you know, some, you know, Alzheimer's care, you know, some, you know, cardiac care, it took good research to better understand, you know, how to move the standard of care ahead. And it's so wonderful to see this in the brain injury space on the assessment side. I'm seeing just in leaps and bounds, remarkable improvements and changes on not on not only assessment, but in education and on the treatment side, on the cognitive treatment side. All we're trying to say is there, there's a better way potentially to at least have a look at. And that way you can have the option because for so many people, you know, we started a clinic up here in, in Canada and we had people from inquiring from all over the place for these services and even people relocating for those services that must change. You know, what we found in our research was that many people, when we first posed the research question, which was could people with chronic cognitive symptom presentation following complex mild TBI. I know that's a mouthful, but people two years post concussion that are having issues with attention, memory, planning, and organizing, can we actually through a good, well-dosed cognitive rehabilitation platform, improve that brain? And the answer is yes. 
the brain can change throughout a lifetime. Sometimes, you know, we want to take the easy way. Sometimes it'd be nice to have the limitless pill. <laughs> I think we all can agree. Yes. <laughs> We're all human here. But in order to really move behavior along in a way that can sustain throughout the lifetime, following the model that's used in physical rehab, which takes that kind of behavioral change along with the physical change, it's the same kind of thing here. Same thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's engaging in a system that enforces behavioral change, then leads to cognitive change, and then habitual change. So we're really yeah, looking yeah. for the innovators out there, you know, the ones that believe that this is something that the standard of care is something we want to think about improving. Okay, wonderful. Let's have a conversation about that and see if there's something that could fit because we're finding our platform is growing. We're arranging new kind of clinical partnerships and we're excited to continue to grow. That's awesome, Mark. And, you know, a system that generates that type of value, those types of results and the type of outcomes that you're researching and, and documenting deserves attention and deserves a look. And so thinking through how people get involved? How do they do that? Yeah, I mean, when we first met, it was a smaller operation than it is now, you know, simply go to the site www.abiwellness.com. I'm sure it'll be in the notes. Yep. Just click there, you know, we, we can hold your hand through it and just see if it's something that might fit. You know, we offer virtual self paced training now. And that's coming up in November. So we're, we're, we're kind of walking through that qualification process right now. You know, we're finding, you know, physiotherapy clinics have been really successful, but also hospital systems. When we look at that kind of outpatient to community, I think there's a way here that we can really help. And if you're interested, just reach out to us. We'll get back to you. Our mandate within 24 hours, we will be back to you. If we can't help you, my promise is we'll try to connect you with groups that we think could, because this is a problem that I think together we can work towards solving. And it doesn't have to be as big of an issue as it currently is. I don't think we can work together and we can do something about this. I agree, Mark. Hey, I have a question for you specifically around reimbursement. You know, oftentimes treatment is driven by reimbursement. And so Absolutely. talk to us a little bit about, I guess, what is in place now and how does the therapy you offer fall into place within the reimbursement models? Well, it would depend in which way they're operating it. So if it's like a neuropsychologist, those would obviously be different codes that one would be billing against. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at physical therapy or occupational therapy, if we have a group type based code, then that might be something that could fit really, really well. Again, those are the kind of conversations, you know, we're getting reimbursement paid um, okay. from providers. So it's That's something key. that that would be wonderful to have a conversation around. Not saying we have compliance everywhere yet, we don't. But as we expand into different markets, what we do have, and this is the title of your podcast, is outcomes. And that's yes. what gets a lot of people coming to us and interested is, you know, we're seeing outcomes. Well, you know me, I'm a cognitive nerd. So we initially saw the changes in fluid reasoning, which again, conventional wisdom kind of suggested don't even try because these people sadly have issues with attention, memory, and planning. So keep it suppressed and don't work too hard. No, you have to try. And if, if you choose not to, that's fine, but you got to give the option. All right. You got it. Cause that's how innovation happens. We know that. And, hmm. and we're excited to continue to partner with whether it's physical therapist, occupational therapist, physiatrist, medical doctors, not-for-profits. If this is a problem that you continually have, we want to help not saying that we'll necessarily be able to do it all for you, but we'll have the conversations to try to link it up so that we can help to improve the quality of life, not only for the patient that you serve, but also for the clinician that's frustrated with this problem. Love it. 
And hey, Mark, thank you. You know, and, and that call to action is clear. Do something about it, folks. This is the time. You have an option with Mark and his team. Mark, are you at liberty to talk about pricing and things like that? Yeah. Oh, like- that's a huge development and and really important. You know, I see my role as really listening and better understanding what your, you know, the potential prospects need. Because our model used to be, and I thought it was really fair, was like a per head licensing agreement, which I still kind of like, because I feel like it's really fair, right? Like if you don't use it, you don't have to pay anything. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, for organizations that are more medium to larger, we've actually rolled out a new subscription model with different options to better meet their needs and to better help them, you know, predict costs and all of that kind of stuff, which is very important for budgeting, but also for profitability, you know, yep. in order to do more good, we have to have more resources and we understand that. So I'm really happy with our team, our CFO and, you know, shareholders, everybody involved. They've really listened to this because I I felt like it was something we had to do. We had to roll out that red carpet and find a way to make it easier for people to engage. Beautiful. So options for everyone, no matter how small or large you are, some great opportunities here for you to take cognitive care to the next level. Mark, thank you so much again for what you do. Any closing thoughts here for us today? I just want to thank this network of people, Saul. I want to thank you for your leadership and and sharing the message of a lot of really innovative organizations out there doing cool, exciting work. Thank you. I listen actively. I, I think it's I think it's an awesome platform. I love learning. That's the other thing. I love learning from other industries, from people who are doing different things. You know, some of the other virtual care companies out there, you may think that what you're doing isn't being heard. Well, it is. And keep on mission, keep doing what you're doing. And if there's anything more that I can do to help anyone solve, you know, just disconnect me with them. I'm happy to help in any way. Love it. Mark, thank you so much. Really appreciate what you do and the difference you're making. Thanks all. 